here. Love, joy, peace is here. The fruit of the Spirit is here. The gifts of the Spirit is here. So God, have your way in the midst of your people on today. For God, it's not about us. It's all about you, God. We humbly submit ourselves to you, God. We thank you for our helper, which is the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's our comforter. He's the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. He brings everything to our remembrance that you have spoken unto us, and he makes things known unto us. He reveals unto us. So, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need for you to walk alongside of me today, and I thank you, Father God, that as I open open my mouth you've already filled it i thank you that you have given me the tongue of the learned that i may speak a word to those who are weary god and i thank you father god that is no longer i it's no longer us who live we have died unto you god because we have been crucified and we just thank you and we praise you god for your word that's going to go forth today that's going to bring deliverance that's going to bring healing god that's going to bring everything that's needed so i bind every oppressive spirit in this place every weary spirit every spirit that's tired god in the name of jesus god i bind it right now in the name of jesus and we just thank you for life and life more abundantly throughout this place in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Let's open our Bibles to Leviticus. God has Leviticus chapter 17. And we want to hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say unto us this morning. And I know God has a word for his people. He always have a word for his people. So we want to hear what he has to say unto us today and know today that it is God speaking. And so we want to honor his word on today. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 14. I will read out the King James and then I'll go to the Amplified. When we get there, let us say amen. 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 The word of God reads, For it is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I say unto the children of Israel, Ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for life of all flesh is in the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. The amplified, um, the expanded Bible said, if blood is still in the meat, the flesh, the animal's life is still in it. So I give command to the people of Israel, don't eat meat flesh that still has blood in it because the animal's life is in its blood. Anyone who eats blood must be cut off. I want to talk about today understanding the blood. God has given us everything that we need to live the life that we need to live here on earth. And the problem is when we don't know what we have, we cannot um, do what we need to do while we're here on earth. You need to not only hear about the blood, but you need to know about the blood and you need to know what the blood has done. When we know what God's blood has done, we don't have to worry about what comes upon this earth because we know what we have. Um, When I was before the Lord the other day and I was talking to him, you know, about everything that's going on around us. The first thing that God began to remind me of is the blood. He said, my people need to be reminded of the blood and what the blood has already done on their behalf. So sometimes we have to go back in and remind ourselves of what we have. When you don't know what you have, you don't know how to use what you have. So the Lord took me back. We're going to go back to the beginning in Genesis, and we're going to move forward. But I'm going to start with Genesis because we know what God did. 
God created everything the way he wanted it to be created. He created it very good. At the end, he said it was very good. Not only good, but it was very good. And God didn't have to do anything else to his creation. That's why he rested. God took rest because everything was done. He didn't have to do it again. So God is not going to go back and create anything again. He done what needed to be done. It's done. It's, it's, it's done. It's finished. So he done all that. But then when God got to the part of man, we know what he did. He created man. First, we were spiritual beings. But God created a body for man, which was Adam. So everybody was in Adam at that time. So he created that body. We know he blew his breath into that body. That body became a what? A living soul. Without the breath of God, without the life of God, that body would not be alive. So the body became a living soul and God took him and he put him in the garden of Eden. But what God told the man was, and what I love is God did not make man until he created everything for man. Y'all, that's awesome. He did not make man until he created everything for man. So everything that man needed was already created for him by Elohim. That's just how much God loves us, y'all. God does not do anything half-hearted. God know what we're in the need of before we ask. God has already prepared. He's already made ready everything we need before we ask. So we put the man in the garden, but this is one thing that God told the man. He said, every tree that's in that garden, the tree of life was in that garden. He said, you may eat of every tree that's in that garden. You may freely eat of that, those trees. He said, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of that tree. He said, if you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. That was a promise from God. He said, if you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Now I want you to catch this. Remember, God is Elohim. God created everything. He even created a tree that would kill them if they eat of it. But guess why God done that? Because God had to give them the right to choose. God knew what he was doing. It was death in that tree. God warned them. He said, as long as you don't eat from that tree, you will live forever. But there is death in this garden. He said, the only way death can get activated and kill you if if you activate it. This is why God said in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, I believe, he told them, he said, there is life and death, there's blessings and curses. He said, but I want you to choose life that you and your children, your descendants may live. So God give all of us a choice. So let me stop right there. God does not take away our freedom to choose. He gave us a choice in the beginning because he is God. He gave us a right to choose between life and he gave us the right to choose between death. The devil did not create death. He didn't. God put the tree in the garden to give people the right to choose whether they want life or whether they want death. Remember, God created Lucifer, but then he came who? Satan. And he fell. He didn't create anything. God created the thrones. He created the dominions. He created all of this stuff. But God gave us warning of what not to eat. He gives you warning. And when God gives you warning to something, there are consequences behind what you do. God created that tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said, don't you eat from it or you will die. 
As long as they did not eat from that tree, they will live forever. They had to make the choice. What am I telling you? There is a hell and there's a heaven. There are two roads. There's the wide road and there's the narrow road. God is going to give you a choice of which road you need to take. God is going to give you a choice of heaven or hell. He gives you a choice of death or life. But what God does, he put people around you to tell you about the life of God. And once you know about the life of God, God gives you the right to choose whether you want his life or whether you want death. Whether you want the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan. This is why you have to know what the word of God is saying. When you know that God is about life. See, God had given Adam everything that he needed. There was nothing missing. There was nothing broken. He had everything. But God said, I have to test you. I have to see which way you're going to go. So God put that tree there as a test. God knew that it was death in that tree. He told them it was death in that tree. Come on, as mothers and as, as fathers on this earth. We tell our children what's right and we tell our children what's wrong. They have a right after we tell them to make that choice. Amen. Now babies are coming out telling you. Come on. Little ones are coming out telling you. Little ones are coming out operating a phone better than us. Come on. They're coming out with a lot of stuff. And you're like, where did you get that from? I didn't teach you that. But I believe why that baby was in the womb. And the stuff that we were doing and how we were acting and what we were listening to, that's what they doing. If you shaking your tail while you pregnant, that baby going to come out shaking his or her tail. If you listening to ungodly stuff while you pregnant, that's what that baby is hearing, ungodly stuff. That baby is hearing what you saying. That baby is hearing the first cuss word coming out of your mouth. Oh, nobody want to say amen. Come on, we wondering where kids are getting it from. Come on, women, we carry those babies. If we carry those babies in a place that's full of evil, that's what they're projecting, evil. But if we carry those babies in a place that's full of love and we're protecting our children in the womb when they come out, guess what? They're going to be some loving children. So we have to train our children in the way that they should go. And we want to train them according to the word of God, according to the life that God has given us. So God created that tree, but he gave them a right to choose. Look at your neighbor. Say, you have the right to choose. Say, I can't choose for you. You have the right to choose. The only thing we can do is tell people what the word of God has to say. And they have a right to choose. So this is why we have to take the word of God for what it is. Just because you save and just because you think you miss in hell is more than that. God want us to have heaven here on earth. He want heaven to invade the earth. You got all of God's kingdom on the inside of you. You got to let God's glory come out of you. You got to let his kingdom come. Let his will be done here on earth. So we see what Adam did. God told Adam what he did not want him to do. And remember, Eve was already in Adam. He was already there in Adam. So after God told him what not to do, guess what? The devil was waiting. 
So the devil used the serpent and what he did, he used God's creation. That's what he does. He have to use God's creation. He have to use what God has created to get what he want. Come on, he used saved folk. Come on, he put little thoughts or allow you to see things. Put those little thoughts before you. And then you have a choice whether or not you're going to say what you heard or you're going to study to be quiet. Come on, you got a choice. So the choices that we make, those are the things that affect us. It is not God's fault. See, God is not his fault because we have a choice of what we do and what we don't do. So we know what the enemy did. He used deception. He used the very tree that represented death. And the reason why he done it, he said, because if I can deceive Eve, he said, I know if I get her, I got him. See, this is why you have to be careful, married folks. You have to be careful just because your husband is cutting up women don't mean you got to cut up. Husbands, just because your wife is cutting up and running off at the mouth don't mean you got to run off at the mouth. Come on, that's why you got to be in the word of God to know what the word of God is saying. Even though you love each other, uh uh-uh, I don't go down like that. Because God gave me the right to choose between life and death. And running my mouth and cutting the fool is representing death. It's not representing the life of God. So I'm going to study to be quiet and I'm going to tell you what God said. Let no corrupt communication come out of my mouth. See, I'm accountable for me, so I can only keep my mouth shut. It's up to you to keep yours shut according to what the word says. So we are accountable just because you are married and you become one. When it's time for you to stand before God, I can't say because James did it, that's why I did it. God said, I ain't talking about James, I'm talking about you. You had a choice outside of what James did, but he was my husband. But you're married to me first. See, we have to understand the difference. You do not do what somebody else does because they say if you don't, that means you don't love me. I love God more. I love life more than I love death. So you got to know the difference. So what the enemy did, the enemy knew this. He said, if I can deceive her, he's going to be deceived through her. So we know what he did. He took the lust. Of the flesh. He took the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and he used it against Eve. So we know Eve fell for it. She gave some to her husband and then they were naked and then they were ashamed. And that's when sin came into the world. So the enemy knew. Remember, the enemy is an accuser. Go before God, accusing us day and night before the Father. So the enemy is looking for something to accuse us with. So what the enemy did immediately when they ate from that that tree, he said, okay, now you got to kill them because you can't go back on your word. God ain't going back on his word because he told them if you eat from this tree, you will die, meaning spiritually, not physically. So God had to honor his word and do exactly what he said. And that's what the enemy want. The devil even know God got to honor his word and we act like. That God's word ain't true. The devil know God's word is true. That's why he's fighting so much against the word of God. Because he know there's life in the word. And he know the word is going to bring truth. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? 
The enemy want us to think that the word of God is not good. He want us to think that the word of God don't bring life. This is why he knew if I can get them to doubt what God said. He said, did God really say you can't eat of that tree? See, he was putting some doubt there. So he had to get her focus off of truth and put her focus on a lie. So as long as the enemy can take your focus off of what God is saying, he's bringing death in your life. Come on. It's not God that's doing it. It's us that's doing it because he, as a loving father, he warns us what to do and what not to do. The Bible tells us about sin. He tells us the effect of sin. And the reason why he tell us is because he wants us to stay away from things that's going to bring death. And that's not going to bring us the life of God. So we know that before that when they didn't eat from that tree, they were naked, but they were not ashamed. But then after they ate from the tree, they were naked and they were ashamed. And what happened? They began to sew fig leaves together to cover themselves up. How many of us try to cover something up? How many of us try to make something right when we made it wrong and it turns out to be more of a crime than anything else? Come on, look at David. David knew that he had no right to Bathsheba. He knew that that woman belonged to another man. He knew everything. He knew truth. But what did David do? He allowed his flesh to dictate to him on what he needed that night or that day. So David, he brought Bathsheba over there and he slept with the woman. After he slept with the woman, man, the woman became pregnant. So David had to fix that. Because he knew you belonged to another man. I knew I should not have messed with you. Now I'm getting ready to cover it up myself. I'm the king. So nobody can find out what the king done. So he used one of his soldiers to kill, what was it, Uriah? He used him. You know, but first, the, the, her husband was so faithful to David. He wouldn't go home to his wife. David was hoping, go on to your wife. Go on and sleep with your wife. Then they'll think it's your child and not mine. Look how deep it was getting. How many of us try to cover up things and it get deeper and deeper and deeper until we can't get out of it? But David thought that he was out of it. But guess what God does? God is such a loving God. He gave him the commandment. He told David what he should not do. But David done it anyway. David went on and was living his life like nothing was wrong. How many of us get so familiar with sin that we live our lives like it's normal, like nothing is wrong with it and it's all right? Some of us today are living just like the world, but we're saying I'm saved, so I'm okay. No, you're not okay. That's not God's way of doing things. So David, God sent a prophet in to speak to David. And as he was speaking truth to David, David's heart began to change. David began to see himself. He said, I have not sinned against man. This is one thing we have to understand. Whatever we do is not against man, it's against God. David's heart was so much with God that he couldn't take what he done. So that at that point, David was ready to do what was right. This is why David was a man after God's own heart. See, when you do something that's not right, and you know it's not right, but then you come back and you say, what I did wasn't right. 
Just like if I do something against the apostle and I know it's not right. The Holy Spirit is convicting me of righteousness and letting me know that's not God's way of doing. So I have to go to apostle and say, forgive me for what I've done. Why? Because I don't want to give enroll to the enemy for me to keep doing the same thing that I was doing. See, my heart turned back towards God. See, if you're out there and you got grudges and you got unforgiveness and you got all of this stuff against people and you're not dealing with it, you're thinking you're okay. Something is wrong. Because if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you cannot lay down at night hating somebody. You can't lay down at night having a grudge with not even your mate, y'all. No matter how bad you may get on your nerves. Come on, they can get on your nerves. No matter what they do or how they do it, it's no way you can lay in your bed at night without saying, let's talk about this. I was wrong for what I said. But let me tell you why I said what I said, and I'm going to leave you out of it. You need to get it right because you don't know. You don't know the day nor the hour when the son of man is coming. And you don't want that on you when you stand before the father, even though you saved, you got the answer to what you said. Every idle word, you got the answer for every idle word. Some things that we say, we get so used to saying them, we think it's right, but it's not right. And that's why people don't take too kind to me. Because when I'm talking to people and something come out of their mouth and it just hits me and stabs me like a knife, I said, wait a minute, you shouldn't have said that. That wasn't right. So you got to bring correction to folk, especially the ones that you say, I love. How can you love somebody and you see them going astray and you're not bringing correction to your son, to your daughter, to your grandkids, to the ones that you're hanging around, your church folks? How can you let them go in error and not give them the truth? You better check your relationship because that's not how it's supposed to be. So we see in that garden what happened. They were ashamed, so they tried to cover themselves up. They tried to do it themselves, but God knew, God knew already what was going on. God knew already what was going to take place. And some people say, well, if God knew already, why did he allow this? God gave them a choice. He gave them a choice. So once we make the wrong choice, we have to go through the choice that we have made, but God is still there to help us get through it. That's what a loving father does. They help us get through it. And I'm reminded of even our children when we tell them, if you break the law, this is what's going to happen to you if you break the law. Let's say we told them this is what's going to happen. They were in the wrong place at the wrong time. They broke the law. So they got to go through the system. They got to go through what the law says that's supposed to happen for that particular crime. So we as parents want to get them out of it. Amen. We want to pay the debt, clear their name like nothing happened. But guess what? It did happen. And it's going to happen again. Why? Because if they're not serving Jehovah God, if they're not born again, they're serving the God of the world. So they're subject to him and subject to doing what he want them to do instead of what the word of God is telling them to do. 
See, we gave them a choice. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. But we as parents, we want to clear them. We want to make it right like it never happened. We go get us the lawyer, the best lawyer it is. Wipe it out. Let it vanish. Where nobody see it. How about this? Thank you, Holy Ghost. How many tickets have we gotten and went to driver school to get it off our license? I mean, get it off, points off the license, off the insurance. And, oh, I ain't going to do that anymore. That really cost me. Somebody say next month. Your foot is still passing everything on the highway. Then when they, oh, Lord, please don't take me in. Please. Oh, Jesus, turn his heart towards, towards me today. Because they told me if I get another ticket, I'm going to lose. You know I can't lose my license, lose my license, I lose my job. Oh, how am I going to tell my wife? You had a choice. You had a choice. So where am I going? I, I'm going to save that part close to the end. So we see what they did. They made their choice. Oh, I love God. They made their choice. They tried to make it right by covering up their nakedness, meaning what they were ashamed of. All of us have been there and some of us are still there. You're trying to cover up what you're doing in front of people. You're trying to cover up that sin that you know you're committing in front of people by acting so holy. Mm -hmm. But God sees and God knows. But guess what? In spite of you. In spite of what Adam and Eve done, and then after they did what they did, guess what we do? We blame somebody for what we did. Adam blamed God. He said, that woman you gave me, like, I didn't ask for that woman. You gave me that woman. That's why I did what I did. Come on, men, quit blaming it on that wife. Then the wife said, check this, y'all. The wife didn't blame Adam. She blamed the serpent. That serpent. But guess what? The serpent which Satan used didn't say nothing to nobody because Satan got what he wanted. Death. Satan said, I done got death. Now I'm ruler of the world. Now sin is coming in and dominating and contaminating. I got what I want. I don't have to say nothing because I got what I want. So everybody blames somebody for their mishap. How can you blame somebody for you going somewhere you had no business? Some kids blame their parents. See, my, my jolly green giant, when he would get in trouble, he said, Mama, it's your fault. I said, boy, come again. Because, see, I had to get back into my spirit mode before I knocked them out. Mama, it's your fault. Because every time I asked for, to stay over somebody's house, you would never let me stay. So I didn't never get to experience the real world. And that's why I did what I did. I said, boy, get out of my face. Somebody got to blame somebody. They got to blame you for what they felt like you should have done and they wouldn't have done what they done. Boy, get out of my face. Help me, Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Everybody got to blame somebody for their mishap. Well, if you hadn't um, took me to that party, I wouldn't have got drunk. But who walked into the door? Who picked up the glass with the liquor? Come on. But you took me. You should have told me to stay home. I wouldn't be in trouble. You should have told me to put down the glass. I did. But why didn't you take it? Because you wouldn't give it to me. 
is your fault still. We got to blame somebody for what, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. It's your fault I got this disease. But you laid there and got it. It's your fault I'm pregnant. It take two. Y'all, y'all better hear. We too, as Christians, we blame somebody because we want to put it on them instead of taking responsibility and say, God, here am I. Oh Lord, it's me, oh Lord. I'm in the need of you. It was me that done this. They didn't make me do it. I did it on my own. We got to take responsibility for what we do. They didn't want to take responsibility, but outside of what they did not want to do, guess what my father did? My father killed an animal. And he took the skin of that animal with blood on it, and he covered them. That's when it was the first blood sacrifice. So Adam and Eve knew that it was going to take the blood to atone for their sin because God made a way. God had a plan of redemption before they made a mistake. God already knew. So he had a plan to save them, y'all. That's just how good God is. Outside of what you do, God already know what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and how you're going to do it. So he already wrote your life out. He already wrote everything out about you. So who wouldn't want to go to a God that's all knowing, that knows everything? God, you know when I lay down. You know when I get up. God, you know what I'm thinking before I think it. You know what I'm going to say before I say it. God, you already know. So that's why we have to get up early in the morning and get before Abba Father and say, you know all about this day before I know. So I need to come for you to you to get prepared for this day that I'm in because God, I don't want death. I don't want no part of death. I want the life. That you have already prepared for me. So God here am I. I lift my hands to you. God I give you thanks and I give you praise. For what you have already done God. Your servant is listening God. Speak Lord for your servant is ready to hear. What you have to say. I'm preparing my heart God. Show me what you want me to do in this day. See the devil don't want you to get up before God. He wants you to get up before everything else. He wants you to get up and go to work and not even put God before that. God's supposed to be your beginning and he's supposed to be your ending. He's alpha and he's omega. He's the first and he's the last. When I wake up, I'm waking up with him. I'm going with him through the day and I'm laying down with him at night. Come on, somebody. But we get so caught up in what the world is doing. That we spend so much time in what the world is doing and what we think we should be doing that we're missing God and he's still there waiting. He's patiently waiting. He said, I'm going to be here for you. The only thing you got to do is call on me. He said, call on me. I'll answer you. He said, but you got to call on me with all your heart. He said, you got to call on me knowing that I am Abba Father. You got to call on me knowing that I am Elohim. I am the creator. I created all of this. I knew what was coming before it came. But I want to tell you what I want you to do through it. Call on me. Come on so I can give you what you need. 
for the day that you're in. So he covered them, y'all. The blood atoned for their sin, for their mishap. Guess why? Because God said outside of what you done, outside of what you done, I'm a loving father. I'm going to have mercy on mercy was here in the beginning. And he give us new mercies. Oh, y'all, we got some mercy this morning. Because he knew some of y'all were going to cuss somebody out. He knew some of y'all was going to wake up talking about somebody. He knew some of y'all was going to wake up with some thoughts that just wasn't right. He said, so I'm going to give you some mercy. Every morning, I'm going to give you some mercy. Because you lay down watching what you shouldn't have watched. You lay down talking about what you shouldn't have talked about. So I got to give you some new mercy. I'm a merciful God because if I wasn't, you'd be dead. So this is what he did. He covered them. And by him covering them with those animal skins, that was life that was in the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There is no remission of sin. Blood had to be shed. So look what happened after this. Y'all know he covered them. But guess what? They kept that before them. They kept what happened in that garden before them. How do I know? Because when they had two children, the Bible said when they became intimate and they had their children, they had Cain and they had Abel. Cain was a keeper of the ground. Abel, he was, um, you know, the keeper of the sheep. But Cain bought forth in the process of time. He bought forth from the ground. And then Abel, he bought forth, you know, the sheep. He bought forth the fat from the sheep. So that says that he had to slaughter that sheep to bring forth the fat. In the culture, the fat was the best thing. It was the best thing ever. So in the Bible, of Le- in Leviticus, it says that you have to give God the fat. Why? The best of everything. So Abel knew this. So how did Abel knew th- know this? Because his parents taught them this way. They taught them that, you know, to cover your sins, you have to slaughter an animal, and that blood from that animal was going was to cover, right? Cain didn't do that. Cain was trying to do it his way. But Abel did it God's way. This is why God told Cain, why are you so wroth? Why are you so angry? Why is your countenance? Why has it fallen? Because Abel's offering was accepted by God. But Cain's was rejected. The reason why it was rejected, even though he gave him what came forth, that's not what God asked for. What am I saying to you? Sometimes we try to do stuff that we want to do, but it's not what God told us to do. When you go outside of God's way of doing, that's you doing it. That's not what God told you to do. So God was telling them, this is what you're supposed to have done. So we know what Cain did. King got angry. So God told him, he said, sin is lying at the door. Let me read it out, the expanded version. Listen what God said to um, Cain in verse 3. I'm going to start at verse 3. Later in due course, at the end of the days, King brought forth some food, produce, fruit from the ground as a gift, a tribute to God. Abel brought forth the best part, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. So we know that he slaughtered that um, animal. 
and there was blood and he brought forth the fat and gave it to God. And it says that, but he did not accept, look on with favor, King and his gift, his tribute. So Cain became very angry and he felt rejected and his countenance fell. Listen what the Lord asked him in verse six. The Lord asked King, why are you angry? Why do you look so unhappy? Has your face countenance fallen? If you do things well, listen at this, appropriately, I will accept you. But if you do not do them well, properly, correct, he says, sin lies at the door and wait on you. Go back to the tree. God told him, do not eat from that tree or you will surely die. He gave them a choice, did he not? Adam and Cain grew up with their parents and their parents taught them the right way. The parents taught them the way that God wanted things to be in their lives. But guess what? Cain went to do it his way. He did not do it God's way. We can back that up. Go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And let's see what God was saying to about Abel. 11.6. Well, let me go up further. 11.4. By faith. See, Abel offered his by faith. How can he offer to God what he offered by faith because faith come by hearing hearing come by the word of God he had to hear from his parents what God was saying dealing with sacrifice dealing with the blood sacrifice it says by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain but listen at this by which he obtained witness that he was righteous that mean he was doing it God's way He was doing it the way God wanted him to do it. So he was put in what? Right standing with God. God testifying of his gift and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. So see what Abel did was right. He did what God wanted him to do. So it was righteous in God's eyes. King didn't do what God wanted him to do. Did both of them have a choice? They had a choice between life. They had a choice between death. And God was letting Cain know sin is lying at the door. Sin is waiting. It's just like an animal laying at your door waiting to devour you. You could either open the door or you can leave the door shut. That's what sin does. We're not going to let a thief break in our house, are we? If we see that thief coming, we're going to make sure that our house is locked up and we're going to have something waiting behind the door. Amen, men? You're going to have something waiting and say, well, if you get through the door, you got to get through this 45. Come on. This is what we do. We don't allow nobody to come in our house. Men, you don't allow nobody to mess with your wives. Men, you don't allow nobody to mess with your women's. Some people caught that and some people didn't. We don't allow that. Because even if you're dating and you see a man trying to come up on your girlfriend. Oh, you ready to fight. Oh, you don't do me like that, man. You don't disrespect me like that now. Uh-uh. We, I'm going to handle you. Women, we don't allow other women to come up on our men, right? Some of you be fighting those women, but it ain't the woman. It's the man. So leave that woman out of it. Vice versa. But we all have a choice for what we do, right? But even if we make the wrong choice, God is still there because of his love. His love is so unconditional, it don't go on what we do or how we do it. God loves us outside of us. And that's how we should love one another. Outside of what people do to us, we should still show 
the love of God. So we see what happened with Cain and Abel. So we see how Cain did it his way. Just like Adam and Eve did it their way. They tried to cover it up. But God was what? He was still merciful. So then we go, y'all, we're moving along. I'm still talking about the blood, understanding the blood and how there's life in the blood. We look at Noah. Y'all know what happened to Noah. Going back to Noah, y'all know the world was towed up. It was so corrupt. They, they, everything to them was normal. They were living in sin, but it wasn't sin to them. It was just a normal way of living. They didn't know what they were doing was wrong, right? So they were so wicked. So God, what did he do? He destroyed the earth, right? But he had Noah, which was righteous. What did Noah do? Noah, immediately when everything was over, Noah went and he built the altar. He, he slaughtered, you know, what was it, an animal? There was blood. So blood was covering. He was still being made righteous in God's eyes. What happened after that? We know Noah, he got drunk, but God, he pardoned all that. So where I want to go is knowing about the blood, understanding what the blood does. So we see that the blood is what redeemed us. Jesus' blood is what redeemed us. And when we know that it was him that did it and it was not us, then we can understand that being that he redeemed us, he paid the price for us. It was not us who did it. It was him. This is what, oh, I want to show you this. Ricky, can you stand right here for me? And we know how he did it. He did it on a cross, right? Ricky, stand in the middle and scratch your arms out wide. Does not Ricky look like a cross? God even made your body like a cross to remind you of what Jesus done. That's the cross. And guess what? Even on that cross, that body that you see is blood all over it. Nothing can touch it. It's blood all around it. Your body is a cross. Look how well thought of. Look how God did this, y'all. Have y'all, have anybody ever saw that body looking like a cross? It's a cross. Jesus hung on a cross. He died. Blood was, thank you, Ricky. Blood was shed for all of us. But it's more meaning to it than what we think about. Some people plead the blood and they apply the blood. I pleaded not to get anything. I pleaded because I know what I have. When you know what you have, you know how to use what you have. But you really have to know about the blood in order to say, I plead the blood. Come out of them in the name of Jesus. I apply the blood and then you're running. You don't know what the blood done. So I gave these few scriptures because I want to go here to let you know what Jesus did. He redeemed us. Go with me to 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. And we know throughout the Bible, the only way that they could be before God, God had to see the blood. He had to see, you know, so he made a way for them to be before him by slaughtering what? Animals, right? 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. Expand the Bible. Listen at this. For you know that in the past you were living in a worthless, meaningless, futile, vain way. A way passed down from the people who lived before you, your ancestors. But you were saved, ransomed, redeemed from that useless life. You were bought, ransomed, redeemed like a slave whose freedom was purchased by a payment. 
not with something that ruins, perishes, spoils like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, who was like a pure and perfect lamb, a lamb without defect or blemish. So look at what the word of God is saying. Jesus was the perfect lamb. He had no blemish. He had no defect. That means there was no sin in him. Now I'm going to back up to Egypt. We talked about Noah and then we know Abraham. God made a covenant with Abraham. But I'm going to go to Egypt. We know they were in Egypt. They were in bondage for 400 and some years, right? We know how God was telling Pharaoh about what he was going to bring to Egypt. But that last um, plague, dealing with the firstborn, the first thing that God told them to do, he said, I want you to get you a lamb. He said, I want a lamb without defect. So they had to make sure that that lamb was a perfect lamb. That lamb had to stay with them for four days. Can y'all imagine? A lamb staying with them for four days. They getting used to that lamb. Some of them probably loved on that lamb. But that lamb had to be killed. That lamb had to be slaughtered. So the lamb was slaughtered. But what he said was everything has to be eaten. I want you to take the blood. There's life in the blood. So I want you to take that blood and I want you to put it upon the doorpost. When I see that blood, death is going to pass you by. Not only is death going to pass you by, but you're going to be protected by the blood. So they had to follow God's instructions in order to what? Live. If they did not follow his instructions, they would have died. Y'all, God gave them a choice. Here go another choice. They had to do exactly what God told them to do. What am I telling you? You have to do what the word of God is telling you to do. You can't add to it. You cannot take away from it. If God say do it, that's what you do. Some of us are doing things outside of the word and trying to get brownie points with God. God only honors his word. When he say don't, he mean don't. When you do outside of his word, you're going to get what you done outside of his word. And it's not God's fault. We're blaming too much on God. God, how did I get this disease? Because you laid with somebody you shouldn't have laid with. You laid with another man's wife. You laid with somebody else's husband. You did it too many times and God told you to quit doing what you've done. Now there's a disease out there that will kill you. God gave you a choice. This is why he said do and don't. We all have a choice. And by the choices that we make, this is what end up happening in our lives. So when we know what God is saying, that's what we do, y'all. And we don't go outside of what God is saying. Why do you get mad at people when they correct you when you're doing wrong? You ain't my friend. I need somebody just like everybody else needs somebody. Evidently, he don't want her because if he wanted her, he wouldn't be here with me. But that's not what the word of God says. The word of God tell you that adultery ain't accepted in his sight. Uh-uh, you're supposed to flee these things. But no, somebody loved me. He really want me. He's here with me. But some people don't listen. Are you condemning the person? No, you're just telling the person what the word of God is saying. You're giving them the word of God. The word is what's going to bring them life. So we see in the word that when we go back and we look in Egypt, God told them what to do. 
He told them if they did not do it, this is what's going to happen, y'all. Why do we think that when we do something, we're not going to have consequences? Why do we think that when we go outside of the word of God, nothing is going to happen? It's going to happen. I'll say this. If you eat pork chop five days a week, you don't think you're going to have some blood pressure problem, people? If you eat pig feet, pork chop, potato chips, all that stuff, you don't think you ain't going to have no problem. You're blindsided. You know why you think you ain't going to have no problem? Because your body ain't acting up right now. Your body is requiring it. You're saying this is what my body wants, but too much of that is messing up your blood pressure. It's giving you high cholesterol. Why take blood pressure pills if you're still going to eat wrongly? Why you go to the doctor and sit up there and get more pills and have them to change them pills and you ain't changing the way you eat? You have a choice. Why pay all them co-pays to go get different medication and know you coming back home and telling them to give you a pickle pig feet? That's ignorant going to see. Why are you going in the doctor's office trying to get your blood pressure down before you get there? Because you know what they're going to tell you. Well, what you been eating lately? Well, a little of this and a little of that. Just say a lot of this and a, and a lot of that and I'm going home to get more of it. Why are you lying? Got a plate waiting on me when I get home. You have a choice. You're going to get the pills, then you're mad at the doctor because it ain't working. Or because it's too too high of a dosage and it's messing your appearance up. So now you want a low dose and now you're trying to go on a diet. Come on, let's be real. We all have a choice. When you know what affect your body, you don't eat it. Everybody can eat the same thing. When you know that ham, a little bit of ham, make you dizzy, quit eating the ham. Duh. Wait a minute, let me put a little bit of vinegar on it. You know, them old folks say you put a little bit of vinegar on it, it'll help you out a little bit. Mm. We have a choice, right? And our choices affect us, whether it's good or whether it's bad. We all have a choice. So they had a choice to do what God was telling them to do or not do it. Guess what? They did it. By them doing exactly what God told them to do, guess what happened? They come out of bondage. There was not a feeble one amongst them. Why? Because they ate. Their organs was healed. Come on. Everything that he told them to eat, he said, do not leave any of it. And if you leave any of it, roast it. Why was God giving them these instructions? Because it was going to take care of them sin-wise. It was going to protect them. And it was going to heal them. It was going to deliver them. See, the blood has already done all this for us, y'all. And if the blood has already done it, why are we trying to do something to get something that we already have? Because we don't know what the blood has already done. 
When you know what the blood has already done, you can apply it because you're, what, what it said, we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony, by the message that we're preaching concerning him and concerning his blood. That's how we overcome him. We overcame him. So if you don't know what the blood done, why are you pleading it? Why are you going through your house pleading something you don't know nothing about? You don't even have a scripture about the blood. When it say his blood was so precious, do you know how precious that blood is? That's why we have to meditate on the word and say, God, give me more concerning the blood. God, I've been pleading it, but I don't know nothing about it. How can you plead something you know nothing about? It's not doing you what? Any good. So when we know what we have, now let's get back to life in the blood. Y'all know when you go for a doctor's appointment or whatever, they, they take blood. Why do they take blood? Because they want to see what's going on in your body. They want to see your cholesterol levels. They want to see your kidneys. They, they want to see everything to see if something is out of order. And the only way they know it's out of order, they can't look at you and say, your cholesterol up. They can't look at you and say, your blood pressure's up. They have to take a blood pressure cup, right? And they have to see if your blood pressure's up. They have to take blood to see where your cholesterol levels. What else is blood used for? Blood transfusions, right? There's life in the blood. If your blood spilled out of your body, your life is gone. Your heart, your liver, your kidneys depend on the blood. Those organs are served by the blood. They cannot live without the blood. The heart pumps the blood to every organ in your body and then it comes back to the heart. Come on. You have to have the blood. Because there's life in the blood. So guess what? Why God was using animals, y'all. He had to have a substitute. He had their life in the blood, so that lamb was their substitute, so they would not have to die. Did y'all hear what I said? Can you imagine how many lambs and goats and everything that had to be slaughtered for them to live? And when they caught on to how the wrath of God was, they had to make sure they got a lamb without blemish, without spot. And they had to bring that lamb to be slaughtered on their behalf. For the sins to be co- to be covered, not done away with. They were only covered. But God had a plan, y'all. He said, I'm not only going to cover your sins. He said, I'm going to take away your sins permanently. Your past, your present, and your future sins. I'm going to take away all of them permanently. But he couldn't find a man that was without sin, y'all. That's why it had to take Jesus. That's why it had to take so long because God had to come through Virgin Mary. But he didn't use her blood. It came from heaven. And that blood was deposited in her to form Jesus. Ain't that something? A perfect lamb. But she had to carry that perfect lamb until it was time for that lamb to be delivered For that lamb to come forth to take away what? The sins of the whole world. Jesus had to go through some stuff before he even died. He had to teach us the way of the kingdom before he went back to be with his father. He had to leave us down here 
with things pertaining to the kingdom. That's why he had to teach those disciples. But getting back to life in the blood. When all the blood is out of an animal's body or out of a human's body, that body is gone. That body is dead because there's life that's in in the blood. I'm going to give you an example. This man had a son. It's a true story. This son had leukemia. So the only way that they could get rid of this leukemia so he wouldn't have to say it's in remission. They said, we're going to get rid of it forever. They say he has to have a bone marrow transplant. But we got to find a donor. So they had two other children. And one of those children matched. So he agreed to have that bone marrow transplant. So what they did, they took the blood from that child. And they're giving it to the other child, you know, that had leukemia. So what they did, they had to see if it, it, if it was going to work. Guess what? It worked. This is what the doctor said. They say, you're going to see some changes now. He said, the son that had um, the leukemia is not going to be the same son no more. There's going to be a difference with this son. The difference with this son is going to be, he's going to be acting like the son that gave him the bone marrow transplant. Their identity is going to change. So they waited and they drew more blood and they saw that this boy that got the blood from his brother, guess what? The things he used to like doing, he didn't like them no more. He wanted to draw like his brother was drawing. Everything his other brother did, that's what he was doing. He became like his other brother. So they said, let's take more blood and let's see if his blood is 100% like his brother or where his blood is. Drew the blood, he was a hundred percent like his brother. So it was like they were the same. What am I saying? The blood of Jesus. There's no contaminate. Y'all better get this. See, the blood was polluted through Adam. Death came through Adam. God had to have some blood that was not polluted, that was not contaminated, that was not like the world. And when he got that blood, which came from Jesus, and we accepted Jesus, we were no more our own. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Because the blood cleansed us. There's no sin pollution in our spirit. Because we are 100% just like Jesus. And when we know who we are and we know our identity, guess what? I'm not the same no more. I don't like doing the same thing. I like doing what he does. I don't like going where I used to go. I don't like talking like I used to talk. I have a new identity because of the blood. My blood ain't polluted no more. I don't like what I used to like. Because I'm tasting and I'm seeing how good he Y'all don't get it. And if you're not tasting, it's because you ain't in the word. If you're still acting a fool, if you still got grudges, if you still got unforgiveness, come on, something right. Because that blood that you got from Jesus don't hold on to stuff. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Did anybody know about the blood? Come on, did anybody really know about the blood? Because I had a blood transfusion. That mean with this blood transfusion, once I renew my mind, I ain't no longer conform. I ain't conformed to the way of this world. I've been transformed. I've been changed. I don't talk like I used 
to. Don't walk like I used to. Don't want to go where I used to go. Don't want to be on social media, media 20. Oh, come on. The blood, the blood, the blood. Because the blood begin to run warm through my body. See, you got to activate what you got. The word. There's the spirit. There's the word. And there's the blood. We got to activate it. I know who's been activating it. You know who's been activating it. Because it don't take them long to ask for forgiveness. Because they know it was the blood that cleansed me. It was the blood. The reason for the blood is why I have forgiveness for my sins. Jesus forgave me. It was because of the blood. So when I recognize I'm forgiven because of the blood, I'm reconciled because of the blood. I have peace because of the blood. I'm healed because of the blood. I'm delivered because of the blood. I'm protected because of the blood. When I recognize what the blood has done, I don't treat people any kind of way. You got to understand the blood. We say I'm saying, but it's time for us to live what we're saying. It's time for us to do what the word of God is telling us to do. The more you connect with the word, the more you connect with what he's done. See, your spirit is the real you. That's the part of you that got born again. But your soul is the part of you that still toe up from the flow up. And that's why every day you got to renew your mind. Because if you don't renew your mind, you looking like you haven't even accepted Jesus. You living contrary to who you say you are. It is no way you can be in the word and change don't come, y'all. You cannot tell me that you in the word and you still acting a fool. No. The problem is the word ain't in you. Because when the word get deeply rooted in you, you don't take offense. You don't have ill will. No, you don't. You love your brother. You love your sister outside of them hating you. You go talk to your brother. You go talk to your sister because you know what the blood done. The Bible tells us that Jesus shed, he had to. Blood had to be shed for everything. They took the thorn of crown, the crown they made, those thorns down in his skull. There was blood. Come on. They pierced his hands. Come on. Put nails in his hand. Pierced his side. There was blood and water that come out. His feet. Blood was around the cross. It was soaked in the cross. Before he even got on the cross, y'all. Come on, when they beat him, they didn't just whoop him. They pulled skin. Each time they whooped him and they pulled it, it pulled flesh. That's why you could say, by his stripes, I am healed. Because he went through those stripes when they pulled the flesh from the body. Healing belonged to us. Because of what the blood done. 
Not because of what we will ever do. You cannot fast long enough to get healed. It's already yours. You just got to accept what he's already done. Our problem is we're trying to do something to get something. And he said, it's already done. Just accept what I've done. If I say you heal, you're healed outside of how your body feels. And see what have to happen. There has to be a flow that comes from the spirit to the soul that hits this flesh. The problem is there's no connection because if you ain't in the word, you can't make connection. And that's why people that are born again backslide because they don't know what they have. So they'd rather go back in the world and live like heathens than to go into the word of God and get renewed. People don't want to take the time to get renewed, not unless they think I'm going to get something out of this. (laughs) Come on, the blood. The blood never, ever, ever will lose its power. Oh, the blood. We go back to see how this blood is so precious with David and Jonathan. They became blood brothers. And by them becoming blood brothers, Jonathan took off his, um, what was it, his coat that represented his status. He took that off. He took off his, his bow, his spear. He gave it to David. What was he saying? He said, everything that belonged to me belonged to you. He said, when I, when you hurt, I hurt. When you go through, I go through. Your concerns are my concern. Your people are my people. Your kids go through, I'm here for your kids. My kids go through, you're going to be here for my children. And guess what? That's what happened. Even though Jonathan was dead, David found out about his son. His son was crippled. But guess what David did? David brought him to the palace. He set him at the king's table. The son thought he was worthless. He didn't deserve it. But David explained it. The covenant is outside of you, son. He said, it's not about you. It's about the covenant that I made with your daddy. So because of that covenant, I got that. Oh, y'all don't understand. Because of what Jesus done. I can mess up every day and every day. Every day and every other day. But guess what? Because of him. God don't look at me. He look at him. So when I come to him outside of me. And say God I'm coming to you on behalf of him. On behalf of the blood. That's why Jesus is sitting down by the father. But the blood is on the mercy seat. The blood is. That's why you get new mercy. It's because of the blood. It ain't because of you. It's because of the blood. That's why Jesus could sit. The priest could not sit. Because it wasn't finished. But Jesus could sit down because he conquered death, hell, and the grave. So this is why we have to understand, y'all, what we have and what's already done. Don't plead something you don't know nothing about. See, you plead it because you know what you have. And that's why the enemy runs from the blood. That's why in deliverance, when you say the blood of Jesus, that's why that devil go crazy. No, don't talk about the blood. He knew what the blood done. And he said if he had known, he would not have crucified Jesus. So we have to know, y'all, what we have. We don't have to pray all night to get anything. We have everything that we need because of the blood.
because of the blood of Jesus. So quit trying to go get something to make you feel better. Nothing you get can make you feel better. Because you complete in him. You have everything that you need. You just got to know what you have. And you can live your life in him. And not trying to live it by everybody else. My life ain't based on my husband. It ain't based on my kids. It's based on Jesus. So no matter what they do or how they do it. If I'm in the word of God the way I need to be. I'm living my life according to him. Not according to them. Yes we do have feelings. But we don't base our life on how we feel because we'll never get anywhere. We based our life on the word of God and what the word of God has already done. So there's life, y'all, in the blood. This is why I'm going to say this. Some people might not agree. Remember I told you that the blood was polluted because there was sin in the world, right? So that blood was polluted. So God needed Jesus, which knew no sin, who became sin for us, right? His blood was pure. This was coming from heaven. Did you not know? This is why he said anything that have blood in it, don't eat it. Got to be drained out. Quit eating steaks that's bloody. You getting diseases from them steaks. If God said don't do it, some people are blood. You don't eat blood. Even when you're washing chicken and it's got blood on it. You have to clean your countertops because it would contaminate. Y'all didn't know what was in blood? There's diseases in blood. That's why the blood has to be drained out. That's why when you cook your food, you have to cook it at a high temperature so you won't eat that blood. Because it's diseases in the blood of these animals. Y'all didn't know? Don't you bring me no blood. You better take that mess back. My husband bought me a hamburger, y'all. I bit into it. Ooh, best hamburger. I don't want that. Man, that's got blood in it. I ain't eat it either. Hello? I ain't say like Sister Niece. Burn it! <laughs> See, she know what the sacrifice is. That's why she said burn, all, burn it, burn it black. You know something about the blood, don't you? Or you just like dry food. <laughs> you don't eat stuff with blood in it. There's diseases in the blood. That's why we had to go on Jesus and not on us. True that. You don't do it. Didn't people tell you that? Ask people. Some people eat steak that's dripping with nothing but blood and chewing it up. And you wonder why your body going through. You wonder why you turn into a vampire. You wonder why you so angry. Did you eat that steak from what kind of cat? Was it a bull? Do you wondering why you have so much stuff going on in your body? What are you eating? I remember I bought some weave one time. Yeah, weave, y'all, weave. Y'all know what weave is. Did I say weed? <laughs> weave, weave. No, I, I don't know nothing about weed. <laughs> y'all woke up then. Apostle smoking weed. <laughs> Jesus. I bet my son on that. He, my son probably rolling on live. Mama, you don't even know what weed is. You don't even know how it smells. You right, son. I don't. Weave, y'all. And I believe it was a rebellious stallion. Because that hair wouldn't lay right. Don't y'all know these things? Certain hair you buy don't do right. 
And certain hair, some hair calm, some hair just tore up. Kim, number tell that ain't the right kind of hair there, Pastor. Well, do what you can. <laughs> and you pay all the money for it. Come on. Let's be honest. It's who had the hair and what they mixing with the hair. It ain't like your hair. Come on, y'all. This is what the world does. And the reason why he said, do not eat that blood is because the other... um God, the people were serving other gods. They was drinking blood from humans. They was drinking blood from animals. Why? Because they said we can get their power. We can be like them. So this is what they were doing. And God said, you got to let them know that you're totally different. We are different, y'all. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't do what the world does. So when you come to Jesus and you get into the word and you know your new identity, you know who you are, the people that you're around, they're saying you're not the same no more. Guess what? The word is at work in you. And that's what we want. We want the word to be what? At work in us. We want people to see God and not see us. So it's time for us to get into the word and allow the word to get into us so people will know that we're from the kingdom of God. So we're going to teach more on the blood of Jesus. Why? When we know we have this blood, guess what? Corona has nothing on us. COVID-19 has nothing on us. Because the blood protects us. That's why we live up under Psalms 91, because we know what the blood does. The blood is our protector. So how do we activate the blood? Through the word of God, through knowing what Jesus have already done. And we can stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When something knock on our door, the blood is against you, sickness. The blood is against you, lack. The blood is against you. You overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. You have been redeemed by the blood. You have been reconciled by the blood. You have been justified by the blood. You have sanctification by the blood. Come on, all of this you have by the blood. If there were no shedding of blood, there would be no forgiveness of sins. You have been forgiven for past, present, and future sins. Jesus did it once and for all. So once we understand just what the blood done, we can rest. We can rest in him. God told me, he say, go on my blood. Go on what my blood has done. I said, huh, go on what my blood has done. Renew your mind according to what the blood has done. Quit looking at everything else and look at what I have already done. And allow me to flow through you. And when God flow through you, Everything that he has, you have. He's in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Amen? So we need to continue to understand what the blood has done so we can live our life here on earth like it is in heaven. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. And we're still going to do more teaching on the blood because the enemy does not like to hear about the blood. <clears throat> Amen. Do we have any visitors that want to stand at this time? Any visitors? <clears throat> 